0: Good morning, good evening, good wherever you are in the world. It's your boy Justin and Mike. We hope that you all had a beautiful, beautiful week. This is episode three. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, again, this started as an aspiration. Lots of conversations. Lots of planning and never doing. (laughs) But here we are. Doing. Made it. I love that. Uh, big big set of weekly uh, stuff that happened, both from like uh, a, a milestone standpoint around the world, as well as some craziness around the world that happened this week, uh, which we're going to probably end up diving into at some point. I don't know if that's going to be today's episode. We'll cover a bunch of it. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll jump in a bit. Um, but if you're new here, this is the Smack Cast, previously episoded. Uh, the wrong branding called it the smack podcast <laughs> that was your boy's mess up uh that was me that was that was definitely me and uh, if you don't know the voice it's justin um, beautiful thing is it's evolution yeah it'll exactly.
1: completely change every single episode i'm sure
0: yeah, oh yeah yeah and I feel like I feel like too you you'll notice a quality difference a little bit too uh as as I try to dial in the mic and then you'll hear the squeaky chair go away because I'm actually looking at some new chairs uh dude speaking of new chairs have you had a look at the um Something lab, I forget what it is. Not a paid product placement, by the way. Secret lab. Mm -hmm. Those chairs are sick. I go
1: as far as seeing them online and then I just keep going. Ah, yeah. Sometimes they have pretty good sales, though. I like my chair that I have now. Um, It's just an office chair.
0: Yeah. Quite comfortable. Yeah. It actually is. I think ergonomically, this chair is trash and uh, I'm going to have a hump on my back probably at some point in my life. Nothing but, wrong with that. Yeah. No, no, not, nothing too wrong. Um, but I really appreciate everybody. We really appreciate everybody jumping into this. We've got some l- new listeners. I was able to see some of the uh, the play reviews. I showed Mike tonight, and it's just looking really cool. We're excited about where this is going and, and excited for you all to share the journey with
1: us and us to share it with you. Small baby steps, um, but we do appreciate everyone that has stumbled across this yeah. um, in any capacity. Uh, we appreciate the love so far it's been pretty awesome dude any notable dinners from the week that you had anything that's worth calling out everything is notable to me i can never pinpoint one food out don't hate on us
0: but we've got to share what happens when mike and justin get together on our off days Taco Bell is usually
1: on the way by the time Mike comes over to the house. <laughs> Somehow it's weird. DoorDash just automatically knows my location, yeah. And whenever I'm up headed this way, the order's through. I can never stop it. I don't know what's going on. Yeah,
0: I feel like I feel like it's becoming a tradition, but it's got a it's got a slow demise because both of us are gonna start working out again and. We had, dude. We had a, a stint. We had a couple of days where we were, we were hustling. We were doing it. Just a couple of days, but we were going to make it a longevity thing. Yeah, um, this is a good thought. It was a good thought. It was. Um, let's not forget though that it was a, it was the Slay app. And for those of you that are trying to start your exercise journey, um, the Slay app, Mari actually, Mari Fitness. If you don't know who she is, uh, my wifey Rachel has been. Actively following Mari. Maybe someday we could chat with Mari. That'd be really cool. That'd be pretty dope. Yeah, her and her hubby are like super motivational Um, very much so uh, really into to the health side of the world um, have made some incredible greens and they got some proteins that are, you know, no sugar for, for all the folks that are no sugar and so on and so forth. So I'm not going to go ahead and tout that this is a fitness channel, but stretch of the imagine. I just snorted too. Like that's, <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. Hey, that's what happens when you're a little overweight. Uh, we're going to fix it. We are going to fix it together. Um, But anyway, let's jump in, man. We got a really jam-packed episode here. We're going to jump into some new music. Um, There's going to be any genre applied here. Like Basically, we're going to run through anything from reggaeton all the way to hip-hop, all the way to rock and roll. Um, And then we're going to kind of hand the mic over to Mike so that he could spit on the mic. Three mics again, but again, you only need one mic. Um, He's going to talk about the KB statue. I'm excited to hear what's going on with that. Jump into the Super Bowl a little bit, and then uh, we're going to do some wrap-up. As you know, we like to wrap up with quotes, Um, but I'm sure there's going to be some chitter-chatter around some whatever music.
1: I got a question for you. Oh, dude. Fire away. Is there a reason why you mentioned uh, reggaeton first? Oh, dude. (laughs) No. Could you explain to our audience (laughs) your history and background on that genre Uh, listen
0: not a lot uh but i mean i love i love a good reggaeton artist and you've got to say it like that because otherwise it just doesn't feel the same yeah what's your experience with it
1: uh probably a little more than you uh not really much lately oh Oh. but Yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah uh, and for all that that have not seen our faces yet uh please follow us on Instagram the smackcast uh it's easy to find us and you'll see exactly why mike asked that question <laughs> actually look dude like i bet you if okay never mind maybe maybe you you could you could fit the description for sure of some reggaeton i think so yeah
1: until you get to know me yeah yeah,
0: but then, then like I feel like you, you can fit the description of some metal as well. I mean, who are some of your favorite artists?
1: So I listen to a lot of R&B. So, of course, you got to throw Neo out there. Usher. Yeah. Chris Brown. Yep. Listen to some rock. Yep. Three Days Grace. Linkin Park. That kick way back. Love that. You know, and so you got some rap. Eminem, okay. Jay-Z, Wayne. All right.
0: Let's have a rap battle. Who's your favorite hip-hop artist? Underground first.
1: B-Rabbit. Ooh. <laughs> How
0: are you going to beat that? <laughs> you know, I, I'm going to call my boy Locksmith, man. I have to. Dang. Bro, he's blowing up. Doesn't matter if you call him not. I got the keys. Yeah, that's right. Well, I mean, but at the same time, though, he's got, he's got, he's a Locksmith, dude. He's about to pop it open no matter where it goes. I feel that. If, but on the real, though, like if you've never heard Locksmith, you've got to go listen to him. He's have you've heard him before, right? You've heard no, some of his
1: stuff. I haven't,
0: dude. He had this new episode on Shade that, like, I think I watched it the other day. Shade four fives, like, I mean, if you're anybody, Token's been on there recently on like more on the underground side of, of things. Um, RJ Payne, that's another dude, my guy. He's he's crushing the game. Um, but like, there are some people that you can discover on Shade that, like, I probably would have never come, a, come come across honestly. Um, but I've have been fortunate enough to work with locksmith in the past um you should definitely definitely check them out if not so let's jump in i don't know if this is a new song at all um but it's called reggaeton champagne i don't know why i like this song so much but i feel like 90 percent of a track is intro beat not a hook vocally but the hook in the actual instrumental that kind of makes you hum the actual like melody of the track mixed with either how terrible it is for some odd reason and it's catchy because it's so terrible or because it's been pieced together really well. And the artists on it are Donnie Flo and Bella Kath. So you should check them out. They're actually, it's, it's pretty cool. And her album is, is, is good. Um, if
1: you had a favorite reggaeton artist, who would it be? Daddy Yankee. Why? OG. Drops heat every time. Okay. Fire.
0: Daddy Yankee. His call out's always always on point.
1: It's the same. Yeah, it is. It's iconic. Blink-182 just came out with
0: another record. It's true. My buddy Scotty Banks. If you don't know who Scotty Banks is, you should probably check him out too. Mi Gente, he actually had a huge, huge piece in mixing and mastering on that one. Uh, But Blink-182, over compressed, I feel. I was kind of sad. Not because it's a bad record, but have you heard
1: it yet? Not yet, but I can, I can see that. I mean, it's not, it's not like their first album. I know when they were all young and all over the place. Yeah, you know, I feel like any artist as they get older, completely changes the sound. It was just, it was interesting to to rip it apart a little bit. For like, I probably heard
0: about fifteen or twenty minutes of it today, and the few tracks that I had heard, I wasn't disappointed. I was just more of like a, Wow, this is this is where they're at today." Sort of thing, everybody obviously has to progress that 's kind of you know with with music in general, like as a musician myself, obviously we talked about that you've I feel like you you've got to jump into what 's hip but also stay true to yourself i don't know if that happened on this record; it was more of a you just have to stay hip with it if you listeners, by the way, if you heard the record and you have different thoughts, please comment um, over compressed the Melodyne, and for those that don't know what Melodyne is, is it's, it's a better word for a, a more advanced autotune. And maybe they're not using Melodyne on this, but it sounded the way that some of, of, of his vocals sounded in, in movement was kind of Melodyne-ish. And the way you can spot that is some of the notes are very plugged in to the correct note. And uh, in between transitions, in between notes, are very choppy not auto-tune ish but more of just like it's it's got an edge to the transition and I felt like that was very present and traditionally with them they never did that because it was a it's punk it's punk it's it's not supposed to sound like that so that was kind of my my initial feedback for the record but um, one of the most memorable bands live though um, have you ever seen them live at all or have not had the opportunity <coughs> So I had a chance to see them. I say it like I've saw I've seen them live before, but more of like a I've I've heard through the grapevine they put on a hell of a show and then I've been able to watch hours and hours thanks to YouTube, you know, YouTube University. Um what's been your memor- most memorable show you've ever been to? Mm.
1: The NF concert was really good. Love that. Um you told me a lot about NF. Yeah. Yeah, I've been trying to put you on. I know. You did? Uh, went to NF concert with Caden. Yeah. It was his first one. Of course, he loves NF. Yep. Amazing concert. Post Malone. Love that. At the Greensboro Coliseum. Yes. Tore it up. That was probably top two. Okay. The first one probably being Luke Combs. You hmm. we were able to get in the pit. Yeah. And it was awesome.
0: That's when you went with
1: Melly Mel, Beth, all them. Yeah. yeah and yeah, it yeah. was at the Bank of America Stadium Yeah, where the Panthers play. Love that. So the most action that stadium's gotten because yeah. <laughs> Panthers are struggling. <laughs> so, oh, but it was man. really good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, megastar like Luke. Yeah. Hometown guy. Yeah. It was awesome. I love that. Put on the show.
0: I think for me, it was Lincoln Park in Cypress Hill. I was with, uh, I was probably 15 at the time. Um. I'll never forget, we were on the right side of the stage, probably three rows up, Mr. Friedberg, Justin, Chris, myself. Um, I don't remember if Danielle was there. their sister, basically my sister as well, their family. I've known them since I was a, uh, uh, probably 13, 12 even. Um, but I remember Linkin Park came out with Cypress Hill, and uh, they were singing Who Wants a Hit from the Bong? You know that tune? Mm-hmm. Man... Chester crushed that. Mike Shinoda crushed it. Like the whole, everybody together was just absolutely insane. He comes out with this six-foot green bong. And like Mr. Freeberg at the time, obviously, we were 15. So Mr. Freeberg was like, "Uh, uh I don't know if y'all should be watching this. And I, was, <laughs> I mean, he's like, obviously, he's always been a dad figure to me. So it was just, he kind of looked at us and was kind of like, don't get any ideas. Silently said it, but didn't really say it. Um, That was probably the most memorable show, though, for me. Um,
1: Being able to see Chester, obviously, before he passed. Yeah, and that's, I wish I would have seen Linkin Park. Didn't have the chance to, but still listen to him. Epic. You and I had a chance to see a show together. Yeah. Tell him about that. How about you tell him about that?
0: Bruh, all right. This man puts me on to some pretty incredible music. And I feel like sometimes he'll pick me up Bumping some tunes, and I'll always ask him kind of who it is. And... <laughs> dude, to watch a band get on stage that you've listened to as a child all the way up into your teenage years up until today, to watch them
1: age... And still sound really good. You've been listening to them for forever. Long time. At least 15 years. What was your favorite album by them? <sighs> Probably the... Probably one of their, the one that had th- um, Hate Everything About You. Yeah. It's
0: Three Days Grace, by the yeah. way. Everybody. For everybody that's not, yeah. Your boy Justin forgot to mention that one. Uh, 3DG, by the way. Uh, but they had, they actually, at the end of one of their tunes, which is one of my favorite things to see on the freaking planet, is when a band pulls up people from the crowd. Yeah. Who can sing or who they can't. If they can't sing, they can't sing. But if they can, they can. Amazing. Yeah. Even if they can, it's a vibe. Yeah. And they killed it. They absolutely killed it. We were trying to get into VIP because we were like, oh, man, this place is packed. And when I say packed, it was packed. Didn't help that the venue was so small. Right. Um, It was outside, which was really cool. And I feel like it's in Charlotte. Um, It's the, uh, uh, what was the place called again? Because I've seen a few bands there. I forget the name of it. I don't remember. It's a, But it's a really great venue in Charlotte, outside. They've also got an indoor venue. Um, I've seen a few bands there as well. But Mike got me tickets, and we had a blast. We went with his little boy, Caden, and uh, Caden was crushing it, was was on our shoulders from time to time watching it from the sidelines. So we are trying to get a VIP ticket. So we went up and we asked this lady. <laughs> his VIP sounds a lot more... Uh, um, high class than it was but like vib got you seats so you could sit down and, and see the band from an area where there was no like view blockage and so we were able to hustle our way over to the left side of the stage which actually was a better view in my opinion mm-hmm. and it was amazing to watch mike sing
1: every single lyric to almost every one of their songs dude i love them Love Three Days Grace. They give you a little bit of everything, every single song, you know? You want some soul? It's in there. And it's kind of cool when it's blending in with rock. You want some, like, truth? It's in there. Yeah. You want just some angry stuff? It's in there. Yeah. Uh, It's pretty awesome. I rock with him. I think I teared up when he wrote the song. When he
0: played the the song about his his, his bass player that passed? I thought it was a family member. I forget who it might have been. Thought they played together at some point.
1: You talking about lifetime? Yeah, lifetime.
0: Yeah. Man, that song made me cry. If
1: you have not listened to this song, you guys listen to Three Days Grace. Lifetime. It's a good one.
0: It really like. I I, I told you we're both pretty big softies, <laughs> so when when Three Days Grace played that tune, uh, I looked at Mike. And both of us have obviously, we've, we've, you'll learn more about us as we go through the podcast, but we've both lost a sibling. Um, Mike, much later in life, uh, and myself when I was very young. Um, but that song brought me to tears. Yeah. Like a child. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that was, it was a hell of a show. Um, so to wrap the show up, <laughs> the, lead, the lead singer felt so bad, man. He was so hyped. And he jumped off the cat, the uh, the uh, caster or the um, the drum riser, and hurt his knee really bad. Yeah, fell straight to the ground. Yeah, I'm sure everybody probably those of you that are listening, uh, the one or two of you that may know who they are. Uh, and followed him on Twitter. He actually almost had to cancel the show that they had the next night. Mm-hmm.
1: I think he dislocated his knee. Yeah. Which wasn't really a high jump. But you just got to remember how old they are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're not old. Yeah. But when you think about how long they've been doing this. Yeah. they were in their 40s. Yeah. They've been doing it since their 20s. Yep. Our bodies ain't ain't the same. <laughs> they're not the same. Um, it, it was a great show, nonetheless. You but. can actually see it on YouTube, I yeah. think. Yeah. So yeah. if you search that yeah, i gotta find that the lead singer three days grace yeah. injured just search something like that and then if you search it you'll find out where they played then you'll, yeah. you'll find the name of
0: the uh the venue.
1: Uh, yep let's kick into some some sports stuff yeah yeah let's do it yeah so one of the biggest things that's happened this past week and a half or so um were the lakers unveiling kobe statue yeah which is pretty awesome very special they released it—actually, they unveiled it on February 8th of 2024, which is a pretty significant date. Not really significant to anything, but just the date itself, yeah. whereas 2 eight 24, 2 was Gigi, his daughter, who also passed away in the helicopter crash. Yeah. That was her basketball number, and then yeah. 8 was his original number when he started with the Lakers, and then 24— was his second number yeah. with the Lakers. Man. So it was pretty cool how that kind of tied together, but they unveiled it. It was really cool, also really sad. Yeah. Um, but his wife, Vanessa, said that they're actually going to be releasing three statues. Wow. One of Kobe that he picked himself when she asked him, if you would ever have a statue, what would you choose? Yeah. And it was his pose the night... He scored 81 points, wow. which is the second most points in NBA history. Golly. Shout out Wilt with 100. Um, Damn. And then there's going to be a second statue, and then the third is going to be one of him and his daughter. It's pretty cool. I, I just want to take a second, too. The
0: fact that somebody can score 100 points, I can barely make a free throw. <laughs> the amount of hours that somebody puts into their craft to be able to not only be who Kobe was, but also, on the other hand, who
1: was our man that scored 100? Wilt Chamberlain. Yeah. I mean... The thing about that is that there's no video evidence. So yeah. unless I see that, yeah, Kobe's 81, in my mind, is the most yeah. point scored in an NBA game.
0: Ar- arguably the best player in history.
1: Um, next thing- to Michael. The thing I enjoyed most about him, and this ties into everyday life, um, which is stuff we talk about a lot on this podcast, you guys will yeah. come to see that, probably already noticed that yep. um, from our previous episodes, is he gave everything to the sport of basketball. Yeah. He often speaks about in his books and his um, interviews all over the place, whereas no matter what you're doing, give it your all. Yeah, um, It was a really cool thing. They interviewed him one time on a night where he played injured, which he always played injured. And they asked him, why doesn't he take breaks, like take some games off? And he said that I could never take time off from a game because I know every game there's people there spending a lot of money on a ticket where that might be their only opportunity to see him play. His mindset was completely different. Yeah, you know he he understood that. Whereas NBA games can be pretty expensive. Oh yeah. Um, especially I can imagine when the Lakers are playing. Yeah. Um, but he gave everything he had to the game, a hundred percent. Played injured, no matter what. He attacked every opponent like he was coming to get him. He was yeah. ferocious. Yeah. An assassin on the court. Yeah. Um, but he was so dedicated where he would work out four o'clock in the morning for several hours to wake up to take his kids to school. God. And then after go back to the gym, get done, go back to the school, pick his kids up. So he was always present, but always dedicated to his craft. And I think you don't really see that a lot, not only in the sports world, but really in anything. Yeah. The dedication to being great. Yeah. You know,
0: he had a presence about him every time he was on the court. Oh, for sure, every time. Like you watch the game, and, and first I'm gonna call myself out. I am not all that knowledgeable when it comes to sports. <laughs> just, I just, I'm gonna call myself out for that one, just because it's not. It's, like my dad's been a huge sports fan for my entire life. Uh, you know, I'm surrounded by sports fans, but um, I'm not that not that knowledgeable when it comes to sports. However, um, Mike is got an infinite knowledge um, of the game uh, in general, and I say the game because. Sports as a whole um, but but anyway, back to to Kobe, I, I genuinely like whenever there would be a time where I could see him play, there was always a glow around him uh, teammates same thing would always look to Kobe similarly to how I would see when MJ would play mm-hmm. you know um, I mean, even and to bring Shaq into this too, I feel like you know Shaq was just so large and in in any situation, like no matter where he was, you knew you knew he was there. And, you know, LeBron as well. I mean, I feel like there are there are some very, very major key players that have always shined, um, both metaphorically and, and actually physically in the game that yeah. I felt like always had that glow. Bigger than life personalities. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Why was Kobe so special to you? Is well he got drafted in NBA <laughs> in ninety six, and that's about the time where I fell in love with the game of basketball and the Lakers, you know, showtime. You know, just coming into watching some kind of sport, everything yeah. was flashy with them. Yeah, You know, Kobe Shaq, you have the history of the Lakers, Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Yeah. 16, 17 titles that they've won, pretty big deal. Yeah. Purple and gold, the Lake Show. So, his I could tell whenever he was on the court, he was gonna, he was gonna, I I don't even know, he he was coming to take your soul. Yeah, you know, like he's going to, he's gonna get you one way or another. You know, which was that's really just it, and you don't see that in basketball anymore. All I think about is bad boys, bad boys. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when Kobe comes for you? you know I mean, that's that's really it. I mean, you yeah. search. You know, you talk about YouTube. You yeah. search videos of what his competitors thought of him. Yeah. And it was, dang, we gotta play the Lakers tonight. And Kobe's about to drop forty on me. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh oh. And he does. Yeah. That's just what he did. You know. But his yeah. dedication to the craft. Yeah. Like, he he didn't go out partying. He didn't go out clubbing. Yeah. His his club was. The court, the court, yeah, yeah.
0: I think he, I think in one of the interviews that he he did, um, I'm pretty sure it was right before the accident, or pretty close to. He was talking about mentality for the for the, for his love for the game, and why he had that mentality, and like tried to parlay that into how people could use that in their everyday life in terms of like if you want to be the greatest, you have to believe that you're going to be the greatest, but not just believe it, put the work in type Mm -hmm. of thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know what his, I forget what his exact words were, but it it like, I mean, it's, it could not be closer to the truth than that. I mean, it's like you could see it. He literally, everything he ever said, he did it. Yeah. On the court.
1: He did. He stood by it too.
0: Yeah. So tell me about a specific play or a specific game that will always have a space in your
1: brain for the rest of your entire life that you remember? So, out of 20 years of Kobe's career, there were probably three that stuck out to me the most. Yeah. Um, first being during their title run, they played against the Blazers. Mm-hmm. Kobe goes right past Scottie Pippen. Who was geriatric. A little time. older. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um Gets to about the free throw line, lobs it up to Shaq, who just one hand alley-oop slams it home. Crowd goes... Berserk. Yeah. Um, second, I'm not sure if it was Christmas Day. It was around there. It might have been Christmas Day. Um, to win the game, Kobe catches the inbound pass from closer to the out of bounds, drives to the left, and right at the top of the key, he fade away, leans over Dwayne Wade, and the shot goes all the way, hits the backboard, and goes in. Bank shot to win the game, iconic. And the last being the last game of his career against the, I forget who it is, the Jazz maybe. But last game, he's completely out of gas, drops 60. And that's how he basically walks off into the sunset.
0: See, that's the part
1: of my life that I feel like I never got a
0: chance to understand about the game. And I wish I had paid more attention to it. And I feel like throughout the years, watching my dad have so much love for baseball. Uh, I played for a number of years, wasn't amazing at it, but was my favorite sport was baseball. Um, but like being able to call specific parts out like you did, right? Like that, to me, I wish that I had more experience with because like I feel like you can feel the passion behind yeah. the way you describe. Yes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, he truly was the
1: GOAT. Um, and will for always, always, always be the go. For sure. I mean, there's a reason why both of his jerseys are retired. Seriously. Um, man. It's really good. Yeah. Let's go from the sport of basketball to football, which happens to be over yep. now. Yep. But. What a game. What a game. Damn. Super Bowl. Big time. Damn. My team lost. Yep. Um, not my team, but who I was rooting for. Um, but probably one of the better competitive Super Bowls we've had in a while. Yeah. Um, I'm sure you guys have seen it. I mean, over 20 million people yeah. watched the game, which is pretty awesome. But when to talk about most, halftime show. Mm. What do you think of that? Usher killed it.
0: For a man of, uh, who's had such a career, who's also had a lot of time behind the mic, a lot of time. It's, it's like literally he just jumps in and has no problem doing any of it while moving the way he does, Yeah, mind you. I remember a long time ago somebody was like, yo, you got to to keep your stamina up on stage. You got to walk on the treadmill and sing your lyrics to a song to be able to hold up to do stuff like that. Rumor has it Usher actually runs on the treadmill and sings verses from his tunes to try and keep his breath and to be able to build up breath behind it. You can see from all the years of experience, I mean, that man still has it. Like nobody else, I feel. I mean, like there are obviously artists out there who can kick just as much ass, but Usher has a, a, a free form to the way he does things that just absolutely blows me away every time I see it.
1: Yeah, and that's why he's one of the best in that genre. Got Alicia Professional. Keys who yep. got up there with him. Mm-hmm. Luna! Lil John. Lil John. Damn. I mean it's crazy, man.
0: It was a great show. I CeeLo Green. CeeLo?
1: Yeah. Damn, bro. Jermaine Dupree. Yep. I read an article today that said Jermaine Dupree was up there looking like boss baby.
0: <laughs> it's the truth though. <laughs> the, the, the the bow tie things around the socks yeah. with the
1: shorts on. Yeah, that was tough. <laughs> yeah, it was tough. Yeah. But, um all around good Super Bowl. Yeah. Great halftime show. Yeah. Even before that, we had "Reba," yeah. national anthem. Yep. And Postie. "America the Beautiful," yep, by Post. Yep. Which was great. I would love to see Post Malone headline a Super Bowl. Dude, that'd be sweet. That'd be really cool. Did you see where the Super Bowl is going to be at next no, year? Where? New Orleans. No way. Did you see who already has reached out to the NFL to perform at halftime? No. Louisiana's own, Lil Wayne. Uh-oh. I love that. Tunchi
0: Let's go, dude. Wheezy. Wheezy F. I love that.
1: Yeah. How much did you listen to him as a kid? I can't even. The Carter one, two, three, yeah. four, five. Ugh. His mixtapes, all that.
0: I don't know if this is true or not, but rumor has it he was at the barbershop, or Drake was at the barbershop when he got a call from Wayne about signing him to Probably. young money.
1: Probably. Young money, cash money.
0: That's right. Yeah. The game overall, though, not to jump back and forth, but, like, the game overall was awesome. I I thoroughly enjoyed watching the game. Yeah. And I I don't think I've actually sat through a a full Super Bowl like that in a very long time. Yeah.
1: The first first, uh, half was defensive battle. You know, it wasn't much to really brag about unless you were a Niners fan. Yeah. And the Chiefs, like they always do. Patrick Mahomes.
0: I know. I feel like... (laughs) He, he, you could see his face like halfway through the fourth quarter going, I know how this is going to end now, you know? Yeah. He, it was almost like, and
1: going back to your Kobe references, I feel like he was, it was almost like he
0: knew. He was like, I got no choice but to win this game now.
1: Yeah, you know? which is pretty crazy because he, he's on record saying he's never met Kobe before, but Kobe was a big influence in his life Yeah, in terms of how he approached the game of football, Yeah, you know, whereas don't count me out. Yeah, You know, just like I told you when the Chiefs had the ball and it was a minute and 43 seconds left.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: You know, Debo Samuel didn't look too happy yeah. that they just kicked a field goal because he probably knew in the back of his head a minute and 43 seconds is yeah. too much time right. for Patrick Mahomes. 100%. He's on that that Tom Brady stuff.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, you could see this. It was like the Patriots every single time I'd ever see them play. It was like they waited until the last couple of minutes to really show up. <laughs> like you could, I mean, it was literally was it was the last Super Bowl they were, in. you could like it was literally like, oh, okay, cool, thanks for showing up, now guys. All right, great. And yeah, just, I'm gonna go
1: ahead and close this one out. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, but no, nah, I mean, Mahomes is in in my my opinion. I think he's gonna he's gonna take not take Tom Brady's place, but I think he's he's got some huge shoes to fill. But mm. I think that he's on, he's on the path.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think with this third Super Bowl, he's definitely put himself, if not already there, yeah. amongst the Pantheons. Yeah. You know, it's pretty much just him, Joe Montana, and Tom Brady. Yeah. You know, the only thing keeping him from Tom Brady is the titles. Yeah. So, but, you yeah.
0: know. Overall, incredible watch. Um, yeah, I, I'm, it was an amazing game. And I got to hang out with my besties, so. Yeah. You know what I
1: mean? Was exactly. All the way around. But well, as we wrap up this episode, yeah. we're going to end it with the same way we've done the yeah. past two episodes. And that's a quote. You go first this time. Alright, I already got one ready. Love that. Um, staying on the topic of Kobe. This would be ne- the second quote from Kobe that I've finished an episode with. Yep. Um, but I think this one right here we can relate to everyday life. Everyday. And check this out. Love it. I was. Chasing perfection and excellence, even though I knew I will probably never capture it, but just the fact that I was willing to chase it, I would defeat most of my opponents. Because most of my opponents would never chase something that didn't have any guarantee attached to it. Love that.
0: Without, without it being, because it's a long quote. You can shorten that up in so many different ways and apply that to your life in so many different sections of that quote, too.
1: Yeah. When you think about how many times that we do not reach for something. Yeah. Because there's no guarantee of ever getting it. Yeah. And that could be a promotion at work. Yeah. That could be really anything. You know, when you're younger and there might be that crush, you know, there might be uh, a certain career goal. Yeah. And everything, you know, sometimes the uncertainty of yeah. getting that is really what stops us. Yep. We get in our own way. Whereas Kobe's saying, I'm going to go for it no matter what. No matter what. Because I know my contemporaries yeah. wouldn't even think about trying to reach for it.
0: Yeah. Damn. And I feel like, too, it's, it's like that,
1: that moment of realization of, like,
0: just because there's no guarantee of something... Why wouldn't I give it my all to say I did it for me? Yeah. You know, work as hard as I possibly can to be the best in this, in my craft that I possibly can be aside from no guarantee or even if there was a guarantee, which there's never ever a guarantee of anything.
1: It's true. You know? Yeah. I think you got to accept the fact that there's failure. <coughs> and don't be scared of it. Don't run away from it. Yeah. Failure makes you better. That's right. That's right. You got to be comfortable with failing to succeed. Yeah know we've
0: done that many a times yeah Kevin Hart said something about how a failure is just a minor setback it's true and it's just a roadblock that's it that's it it's never you know yeah and we're gonna t- we talked about this a little bit in episode one about success and mm-hmm. like that's gonna be a whole different episode yeah I feel like yeah um what you got I love that um so of course we talked about MJ Michael Jordan he was one of my favorite players um Growing up as a kid, my dad was a huge Bulls fan. So, of course, every time I was with Pops, you know. Um, So one of the coolest quotes is, you must accept great things of yourself before you can do them. And I feel like if you dissect that a little bit and you look at it from looking at yourself in the mirror, you always talk about, you know, positive affirmations or, you know, positive thinking equals greatness, so on and so forth is like, It is the truth. Like, believe that you can do something to achieve it type of, right? Your motive behind achieving greatness or your motive behind
1: moving forward and achieving excellence is by believing you can do it. Your own hype, man. It's a mindset thing. Yeah. You know, I tell a lot of people that I train and coach is get out of your own way. Yeah. You know, you are the one that holds yourself back. Yeah. You've got the keys.
0: Yeah. 100%. Not to pull DJ Khaled into this, but you know, major key. Yeah. Um. Well, this has been fantastic. Episode three, man.
1: That's it. I appreciate you, big dog. Appreciate everybody that comes yes. across this episode, and listens yes. to it. Thank y'all. Like, subscribe to it. Yes. Hit the notification so whenever time we post something, yeah, you know, yeah, and well, share it.
0: Share on it. that note. Share the heck out of this, as Mike says. Follow us on Instagram follow us on here. You can find us on Google Podcasts, um, Apple Podcasts, as well as uh, Spotify coming soon. I'm working on getting that integration done today. So this should be up there very, very shortly. And I hope you guys had a fantastic week. Until the next time. Later. Peace.